Hey, I'll be there for you. This week we are talking about friendship. We've been talking about connection through this series, so a lot of it has had to do with friendship, but we are getting specific this week. Before we get into it, we would love for you to come to a free webinar we are having on March 14th, which is a Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's a free webinar to talk about connection. We learn so much when we come together in a group setting, so we'd love for you to come. There's a link in the show notes, and there's an invitation coming out in the newsletter today. There's a way to sign up for both the webinar and if you're interested in the group coaching, it's all on the same page. And so check out that link if you'd like to be a part of one or both of those. But if you want to see all the stuff we are up to, you can go to theartofgrowth.org. And we are sharing a lot more videos through the series at our Instagram, which is just artofgrowth. And if you're new here, hi, I'm Jim Zartman. And today, Joel Hubbard and I are talking about friendship. So let's get into it. There's probably few topics and subjects that I care about more actually than friendship, the context of friendship. In the grand scheme of things, when you have a really sustainable marriage, it can go through a lot of different contexts. It can go through a lot of changes. It can go through a lot of experiences if there is a, a real friendship at the center of the marriage. If you have a kid your role is as a parent. But as that kid gets older and then they're in their 20s, 30s, the rest of your life, the context of the relationship really has the element of friendship to it. And, you know, It should. Yeah, yeah. it should. The developments, <laughs> developmental stages, always, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The developmental stages of a healthy relationship, they talk about, you know, you have these different roles and then the last one is friendship. And I think... As you are a kid who grows up, hopefully that's the kind of relationship that you then have towards your parent as well. It's so powerful because it is the most flexible structure, I think, of a relationship. It can handle the most shifts and changes. There's the expectation that things will move around. You know, some of my friends, I'm still close with them, but we live in different cities. We live in different states. We don't get to sit down and have coffee anymore. Like, things change. yeah. And there's statements that I've been hearing my whole life that have really stuck out to me as being really important and they felt deeply true to me and have proven to be deeply true. The first time I heard someone say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm -hmm. I thought that was incredibly powerful. Like the people around you are actually forming the structure of who you are becoming that if you choose people around you that are great, that's going to have a huge impact on you. And when I look back at my life, that is 100% true. Like people that I was friends with from, you know, junior high, high school, like my 20s, 30s, that I'm still friends with, like they have had a major impact in shaping me. And I, I've heard also someone say, you know, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a hyperbolic statement, but there's still a lot of truth in that, right? And I, other people have said, you know, hang out with five millionaires and you'll become the sixth because mm -hmm. the people around you do influence you in such a profound way. And so I think, A, friendship is an incredibly valuable thing to pursue 
And I don't think we spend enough time being, you know, relationally fit, which is something we talked about in the very first episode based on that Harvard happiness study that we, we mentioned in the very first episode of the series, that the quality of the relationships around you actually determine your life satisfaction mm-hmm. in the long run. And lifespan. And your lifespan. That's very true. Mm-hmm. So A, it's worth investing in. And B, choose carefully. Be intentional about trying to be around people that you really respect, that you think they have something that I want to absorb more into myself. Mm -hmm. If you are radically out of shape and you want to get in shape, hang out with people who are doing things Mm -hmm. that are physical. You know, if you're struggling in a particular area of your life, then like, is there a, a group or a club or a meetup or something where there's people who are great at that, that you could learn from? Um, because it's in the the context of those connections that I think we are shaped into new and, and different people. And there's something that I think we undervalue in this particular space. And this is something that was very new to me because I always thought of like a connection. It needs to be like a really deep connection and we need to be able to go there. We need to be able to talk about everything. We need to... The all or nothing. It was very all or nothing. And it was very much like depth and depth as I was defining it at the time. That's what makes, you know, for a really good connection. But I've learned a lot more about what is often called the strength of loose ties. And how sometimes just this network of relationships and connections where you feel like you have something to offer and others have things to offer you and to be a part of this wider network is a very beneficial thing. It's a very life-affirming, life-developing way to be. And I think the value of that has increased as I've seen, yes, the strength of loose ties it's worth investing in and choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. In that variety of connections, there are people that will make us uncomfortable. Uh, mm. There are connections that are good, but but will stretch us. That's what I mean by uncomfortable. They'll stretch us. Yeah. So we live in a world now that, you know, safety is, is top, of top priority. You know, it's mm. like safe people, safe relationships, and I am all for that. Like, it's been a huge value of mine for a long time. But but safe is not the word I would tend to go towards because of my type and my instincts. So neither yeah. one of them really lean into safety very much. It's more sizzle, excitement, you know. So and I've as Joel to, Hubbard has said, being safe and feeling safe two different are things. not the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it is... Very much the sort of like safe means I'm comfortable. Safe means I'm unchallenged. And some people would say, no, no, I want to be challenged. I just want to be safe. Fair enough. I I think that's right. I think all of us do. You want to have a measure of safety and you want to have a measure of, of challenge. You can't have one or the other in any extreme or you're just, you're not going to really do well in life. And I don't know that we like the tension of both and. You know, I, I'm com- far more comfortable with binaries, like safety, priority, that, that's it, that's it. It's just safe world, safe world. Yeah. And then others are just like, no, 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 it's all challenge, it's all challenge, it's all challenge. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, but it's both. But the 
overemphasis of safety right now has become something that has kind of given people permission to not be challenged. And so what you do is you curate relationships in your circles to the degree that it's like people that make me feel safe, make me feel comfortable, make me feel the way I want to feel. Mm. And as a result, it's like you are now stuck. You're not growing. Right. Well, immediately what came to mind is uh, the little matrix that my friend Mike Breen came up with where he talks about invitation and challenge. And when I look at the course of my life, the people that I've had the best relationship with, they really included both of these elements. There was a high like invitation to relationship and there was a lot of acceptance of who I was. They would see me for who I really was. But there was also a challenge to like change, to grow, to be who they knew I could be. Not who they'd want me to be. Yeah, not, that's a key Not difference. trying to form me in their, you know, likeness. Because yeah, those kinds yeah. of relationships are highly destructive. But I'm talking about they saw the best of me and they would call it out. Like, hey, I love it when you show up this way. Yeah. You showed up this way this time, and it wasn't great. But this other time you showed up this way, I wish you would have brought that in here. Like, that is a really healthy challenge. You know, but hey, wherever you're at right now, like, there's grace for that. And like, I love you as you are. Like, the people in my life who I really respect, and I think (laughs) I have the most sustainability for, are people who really know how to lean into both that invitation and that challenge. And it's hard because I was having this discussion with my daughter when uh, we were working through some, you know, fifth grade math stuff. And it's like, so I'm so tired. I just, I don't want to work on this anymore. And we had a whole discussion about it and how it made her feel. And it was a good discussion. But at the end of the day, I'm like trying to explain to her, hey, sometimes I'm going to make you feel better. And sometimes I'm going to make you better. Sometimes it's going to really have that high invitation, but sometimes the challenge, it's not going to feel good in the moment, but hey, remember when we did this last time and how how proud of yourself you were the next day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because sometimes that's what it's about. Yeah. I'm so glad you articulated the challenge as the person that brings out the best in you, not the person that they would like you to be because it's like them. Yeah. But it's who you really are. The different things you don't even see in yourself. You kind of had a couple quotes at the beginning. One about being, you know, you are the sum of the five friends you have. Show me friends, I'll show you who you are. Yeah, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Your your future, yeah. I think it was Lewis, C.S. Lewis, who said that there were three of them, Tolkien and another guy that would meet. And when the other one passed, he, he said and it, there was a significant change in how we communicated, how we interacted, because that third friend brought out different aspects of each other in ways that yeah. then I got to learn about, say, for example, Tolkien in a way that I didn't know. Yeah, C.S. Lewis, of, Tolkien, and their third friend, who I forget, also an author. But he said, when I lost my friend, I didn't just lose who he was to me. I lost the dynamic of who the three of us were together, and I lost what I gained in him from his relationship with yeah. Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the reason why I segue to that is because this goes against a lot of the concepts we have around authenticity, mm. which is like authenticity means you are a single definable set of traits and behaviors. Yeah. And I don't believe that for one moment, and neither yeah. do do. 
I would suspect neither do you. Neither We're all neither. deeper than like, that. None of us are. I don't think simple. any of us, even no. those of you who are listening right now, I don't think you believe that. No. Because you know how certain people bring out certain sides of you. Mm. And I think we're infinite in many regards. The capacity to grow, the capacity to discover new things in ourselves and other people, it's infinite. And that's the reason why people who've been married for 60, 70 years even say that they still surprise each other. Yeah. And I think that's awesome, right? Because there's different aspects of us and different people will bring out those different aspects in us, which is why connection with a variety, it doesn't mean you have to have connection with a, with a thousand people. I'm talking about a variety and you have that variety in your life. They'll impact you. They'll change you. They'll pull things out of you and they'll challenge you. And yeah, I think discomfort is very much a part of that whole process and should be a part of that process. If we're constantly comfortable in our connections, Mm. Uh, you know, we're probably not really being stretched, but it, but it has to be stretched in the way that is more of who we are as opposed to like, I need you to change because you are not like me and that makes me uncomfortable. You know, I've had, I've had other people say like, I wish my partner was more emotionally available. I'm like, you are with this type of person. Yeah. This type of person does not have access to the to the emotional center as you do and never will. Right. <laughs> and and that's okay. That's who they are. They will grow in awareness. They will grow in access to that, but they'll never be you. They'll be always fundamentally very different. You want to help them to grow into who they are into the better version of themselves or other versions of who they are, but not like, I need you to be more like me. Yeah. I mean, that's something I've talked about multiple times that the worst thing I ever did in my marriage for the first 10 years was to treat Abby like she should be more like me. And the night that we talked about that, the night that I asked her to forgive me for that and the emotion that came out, the, the catharsis that that brought, because not only was it awful that I did that, but she was having to deal with, you know, years of her believing it too, mm -hmm. you know, because... I think one of the most destructive things we can do to any relationship is to try to make you like me. And it's this really weird tension that we live in because we want to be peop around people who help us grow, who help us become who we can be, you know, those of us who have that growth mindset, but we don't respect it. We don't enjoy it. And we we aren't really being ourselves when it is, oh, it has to look like this. It has to look like this other person. I think that's actually fine when we're younger. Like imitation is a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of developing our own voice. Figuring out who you are, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I think whenever you're learning anything, you're trying to lean into anything. Like imitation is like the beginning of it. You know, I was first singing and writing songs. I was, I was imitating Billy Joel and Bono and <laughs> the people around me. But like as you go and you grow, you develop your own voice. I think it was Miles Davis who said, it took me a lifetime to learn how to play like myself. Mm. And how many gigs did that guy play with how many different kinds of musicians? He would bring in lots of different people on different projects to work with. So he'd experience like a different approach and a different experience. And all of that was part of him becoming himself, not him becoming like those people. Yeah. And I think that is actually the healthiest context of these relationships is like they make you 
more of yourself. They yeah. help you learn how to play the music of your life as you would play it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little bit of, I mean, we're both self-referencing types. And so I imagine other referencing types would have more of a challenge with like, yeah. well, how do I tune back into who I am, mm. you know, and discover that? And I think that is that is a part of the work is like, you know, who are you? What do you love? What are what are your dreams? What sets you off? What makes you angry? I mean, these are all things that are very much like, you'll notice that they're things that are very core to your values. Uh, and I think that that's, for me, I've been on this kick of values lately because mm. I think that that's the difference between trying to figure out who you are, the authentic self, and f- fixating far too much on that and not so much on what are the values that I want to live into that are more true to who I am, not just my aspirations. I like to be a better guitar player. I'd like to right. be the, those are aspirations, but values are like, you know, I love to bring joy to people yeah. as a seven. Like I love it. I love to make people happy. I, I love it when I can see it on their face. Like they've, they have had a shift They've yeah. had new awareness. They feel calm. They feel restful. They feel peaceful. There's something, there's nothing more and m- more life-giving to me than that. That's a value for me. Yeah. But does that mean I live into that daily? No, I don't because there are days I don't want to live into that as much. There are days it's more difficult to do that because I'm more tuned into my own particular needs sometimes than the, than, than the needs of others. It's the awareness of what are the authentic values? What are my authentic values? that I want to live more into and are the people around me that I'm surrounding myself with. So this is back to like the relationships that are, are around you that you do want to some degree curate, right? You don't curate them around comfort. We curate them around a mix of like nurture, yeah. like you said, invitation and challenge, nurture, and also that challenge, that push, that here's the change that you need to make in your life, you know, that kind of thing. One of my closest friends has been that person that consistently points out things to me with directness that's hard to hear. Mm. And there have been times where I was like, I don't want to talk to him for months because that one, <laughs> that one really freaking hurt. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, that's, you're dead to me. I'm not I talking heal. to you for I got to heal from that one. Yeah, I get, yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a wound. It's, a, it's yeah. painful. But The wounds of a friend can be trusted, as Proverbs be. says. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I was just thinking of that. But I realized like that's love and I've made peace more and more with that over the years to where I now go, thank you. And I can Mm. say that even as it hurts. I go, thank you. And I know you're saying this because you care. And I've said that. Yes. And and, uh, and his response is always like, dude, you know, I love you. Yeah. That's why I'm saying this stuff to you. So it's curated in a sense of like, I know that he also sees this side of me that I tend to fall asleep to that I don't want to see, he's calling me out to the better side, that better version. Uh, And we can feel that. We can feel when someone is saying something to us. Maybe not instantly because instant is just ouch. (laughs) But we can really feel when they're saying something because they're seeing who we can be. They're seeing the redeemed version of us and they're trying to call it out versus you need to be more like me or something else. But I want to go back to this values thing for a second because you did a video on our Instagram about values versus what you called outcome-based relationships. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit of that here for the podcast? Yeah, I think outcome-based, you know, relationship is 
in one sense, you do want to think in terms of outcomes, like what am I doing that's impacting my person I'm with, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's thinking outcome to some degree. What I mean by outcome-based uh, relationship is is sort of like outcome-based, you know, the, the science around that and also the way that businesses are measured oftentimes around outcomes. So it's like mm. your project, you're, you know, you want, you got this investment of a million dollars for this research pro process. What are the outcomes? And that's how, based on that, and if you can provide those even in advance, here are the outcomes we're aiming for then we'll give you this this investment. So it's like this agenda of, I'm going to put this in, yeah. expecting this, getting this out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very okay. much, it's, I think of relationships like that. It's transactional. It's transactional. It's like, right. okay, in order for me to, I know you're going to be upset if I say this, so I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say something different. There's a part of it that's really good because you're thinking, how do I do this in a way that honors the other person? But But if we're honest with ourselves, it's also very much, there's the ego part, which is like, I don't want to say that because I don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm. And that's not values-based. That's more based on, again, purely outcomes. Yeah, so contrast that a little bit with the values. So what would it look like to be yeah. in values instead? Well, you know, so I was thinking of, I was doing this, I'll use a, something more concrete so you, you guys can track with this. But it's like, you think about the type nine and the type nine that says, okay, okay, I don't want to say anything because it's going to cause conflict. It's going to mm. cause a problem, right? And... There's a high side to that, which is like wisdom around, it's probably not the right timing. Is it probably worth not the, it? Is it worth it? Is yeah. it? There's a wisdom to that. Sure. On the low side, the sort of ego protective side, it's like, I don't want to say anything because I don't want disconnection. And I know that anything I say or do is going to threaten what we already have. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. But see, the value of a nine is to, is to create peace. That's the high side of the value. Not to keep peace, but to make peace. Right. And... To make connection, not just to avoid disconnection. That's the value. And if you have that as your value, then you evaluate what behavior aligns with that value. Along with outcome, sure. You think like, okay, there's a way of saying this, but I still need to say this because this is what's going to produce peace. This yeah. is what's going to produce connection, a deeper connection right. than what I have right now. And values is like, it's like a one, two. Outcomes are great, but that's number two. Number one needs to be, because this is who I think I should be. This is how I think I should show up in the world. This is what's important to me. Therefore, I'm going to start with this, the values. Instead of starting with outcomes yeah. and sacrificing values, which I do think happens. Yeah. And I've definitely done it. Right, I'll sacrifice the value because I'm looking for a certain outcome. And at the time, I would justify it as saying it just seemed practical. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But later, it's yeah. always a price that comes calling. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the long run. Well, yeah. You, you know, if, you, if you're purely outcome-based, you end up losing a significant part of your light and your contribution in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if we live by our values, it's not living by... Well, my value is to be authentic to how I feel. So right now I hate you. So I'm going to say I hate you. Like that's authentic. No, that's not authentic. That's living by your immediate experience of a situation, your emotions, your reactions. You're being authentic to your reactions, but you're not being authentic to your values. There's mm -hmm. a difference to me. I can be authentic to anything at any moment and be like, well, am I going to be authentic to what I think about a situation? And potentially cost myself mm -hmm. uh, the connection with a person, probably not wise. 
Yeah. But what are my values? Well, my values are I want to bring more light into the world. I want to be a person of light. I want to, you know, have better connections with people. I want to foster that. So those are some of my my values. Then that determines how I'm going to behave in a situation that does include outcomes, as you were saying. It does, because it's like, yeah. you know, do, does what I'm doing produce the fruit that aligns with this value? Meaning yeah. like if you're a nine again and you're trying to create peace, the fruit is peace. You've yeah. created it. If you don't end up creating peace, but you at least were authentic to your value, which was I need to confront this. And that person says, well, you shouldn't have said that. And and I'm really upset that you've you've confronted me on something. And mm-hmm. it's like if they have a reaction, which is to shut you down and to move mm-hmm. away from you, that's on them. Now, you didn't create the harmony you were looking for, the peace you were looking for. Yeah. But that's on them for having that reaction, not on you. And you can at least say, well, did I live up to my value of being a person that deals with things that need to be dealt with so that I'm not carrying this around inside me, which then reduces my light in the world and therefore reduces my positive impact around me as well. Yeah. My friend Jim Trick talks about, I think he talked about it on this podcast once where he talks about in his four language, his feelings are like the storm, but the values are the shelter Hmm. that protect him from the storm. And I love that. And I think sometimes the outcomes, like if I'm always chasing an outcome, it's like I'm trying to like control the weather. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. And it really doesn't work. But I can come back to that shelter of values. And relationships that are built on the values, the shared values, naturally produce good outcomes Mm -hmm. and are naturally more sustainable. But the pursuit of outcomes does not necessarily form the same kind of stable and flexible connections and relationships. Absolutely. I think you nailed it because if you go from outcome purely, you may not get that fruit that you were looking for in that particular situation. Yeah. But if you're thinking about the value and you're saying, that's the fruit I want to produce in the world, you're going to produce that fruit. It's going to happen. That's what I love about living by these values you start to recognize like, oh, it's happening. It's happening Mm -hmm. around me. But I can't guarantee that every outcome, every interaction I have, it's going to happen exactly like I'd like it to happen. And so that's the part we don't control. Like I can't control how someone's going to react to me. I have no, no control over that. And if I'm constantly trying to think of how do I manage that part, something I have no control of, then I'm reducing myself, I'm adapting too much, I'm changing too much of who I am, and I'm no longer living my light in the world that's that's there to produce some fruit, (laughs) you know, in in the context of relationships. And I'm disconnected from myself more and more. So therefore, how do I actually connect with people? The only thing I'm doing is kind of maintaining a loose, you know, connection. So something really weird came to mind as you were describing that, which is, I was on this Facebook forum and I can't remember what it was. It was like something about older men giving advice to younger men. And there was several, and then those several had several likes that was basically saying, don't ever get married. Like, just go after your best life. It was all these different things that was so clearly giving advice from a place of pain. 
Hmm. And I think what like you were just talking about is like if it's not formed around like good values, then uh, I think one of the like the proxy fulfillments of connection is I share of myself and it's way more from a place of like where I've been hurt. It felt like linked to what you were just saying and just going like this. Yeah, but that can that can happen. It's like we're trying to share this space, but if I'm sharing it and giving my thoughts and our exchanges based on what's hurt me, it's like the Richard Rohr thing. If you're not transformed by your pain, you'll transfer it. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times what happens in these connections is almost like I'm looking for that affirmation, not so much the challenge. I'm looking for the affirmation of this perspective that I'm giving based on a way that I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a little bit we shared about in the episode as far as like, a, you know, bonding over <laughs> things that we shouldn't really bond over. Yeah. But to wrap that little circle back around, it's this thing around, you know, values are the thing that's going to allow us to to connect and then produce the fruit mm-hmm. of the outcomes on the back end. So it's, I think when we're talking about this, it's worth investing in relationships. It's worth investing in friendship and to choose well. I think this is one of the ways that you you start to choose well is like, what are the values that we share in common? Because I'm, you know, in different hobbies that attract different people. And some of these people, I'm just like, there's like a whole group of topics that we could never go down Mm -hmm. because I am just not going to be on the same page. And anytime you bring something up, I'm like, well, you know, nope. Not there, not with you. And I feel like I actually have to demonstrate an alternative perspective. Mm-hmm. Abby was just saying this just happened to her at the at the salon. The woman who was doing her hair had, was really upset at her former partner. And there's like the breakup and all this stuff about how, you know, men are like this and relationships are like this. And, you know, because of this kind of relationship, like you should never go wrong. He's doing this. And then the girl next to her starts getting in on it too. And it was like three of them. And Abby's just like sitting there quietly. And she's a nine. So she doesn't want to like cause disruption. She goes, I feel like I needed to demonstrate or explain like a different perspective. And she's like, you know, that's not my experience. You know, I'm not negating your experience, but I just like, that's not my experience. Like I feel really fortunate and, you know, went off, you know, talking about us. And I was a proud of her, like yeah. for you know speaking Absolutely. up in that yeah, situation. Absolutely. But there's something about the people I'm attracted to when I'm trying to pick. They can balance this thing between authenticity and positivity. If they're just you know happy, happy, positive all the time, that doesn't feel very authentic. But if it's like, well, here's all my pain, and so and I'm trying to bond with you over the shared pain, that doesn't feel good either. Like, cause I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I completely empathize and sometimes, you know, in particular fields, I can get stirred up too, and I can kind of want to go there. But what I really value in a relationship are people who can be authentic about the things that have hurt them. And they're not trying to use it as a tool to get me on the same page or to like be against what they're against, whatever, but they're authentic. Like, this is something that's hurt me, but I'm also going to like, hold on to some hope. I'm going to maintain some positivity that like, this is going to shape me. And I'm responsible for taking this thing that hurt me and shape, letting it shape me in a way Mm -hmm. that I am becoming more of the person that I want to be. 
So yeah. it's like all of that together to me is like attached to this values piece. Yeah. I think if you form a relationship around negativity, cynicism, you know, mm. where it's every time you show up at the, you know, the barber, the salon, the yeah. gym, the bars, the pubs, wherever you go, if you're showing up those places and everybody's just like, you know, jokes about how terrible things are in the world yeah. and that's that's it, that's what's bonding you, that may not be good enough for... <laughs> for connection <laughs> uh, that'll leave you empty it'll give you the outcome you want in the moment but it won't be sustainable because it wasn't built on a value that you're yes, going to have over the long run right. if you're a growing person that's right it's not it's not a rich type of connection yeah. you've made one but it's like eh, it's, it feels doesn't feel very fulfilling so i i think that when you're thinking about your values you don't want to have your values so tight that it's only people that ha share your values that are in relationship with you and mm -hmm. in connection with you. Yeah. Remember, we talked about the the sort of like there's the you, there's the other person or the other people, and then there's the thing that's happening between you, which is the relationship, right? It's got yeah. its own brain. You can have a, a sort of looser, broader values within those connections, and they will change the connect the values i have for friends at the gym and that connection that we have is different than the values that i would have 100 with people that are on the journey that i'm on you know which growth and transformation and all that yeah. and then as we get closer like my family my wife and i there's a there's an even closer set of values that we share. Yeah. And then within myself authentically, you know, there's even a different set of values. So I think it's important to be able to notice that and like not demand that it's, you know, one size fits all. It's like yeah, my values, sure. you have to live by them or you're out, or losing yourself completely in trying to belong to a group. And then it ends up being about whatever that set of values is. Right. And then you kind of have to you know, forget who you are to be, to belong and be part of that. I value every good value at different intensity levels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to different degrees, but anything that's good. Yeah. It's going to be, but as far as like, it's not all as centric, you know? Yeah. And so some people are, it's a, it's a looser tie. Like, yeah, again, the guys I do jujitsu with, it's, <laughs> I don't have the same values yeah. that I need to share with like, the closest people yeah. to my network, of course. Yeah. But it's still good things, you know? Yeah. We still have to share certain values, like, oh, yeah. We're not going to hurt each other. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to let go when we tap. We're here to make each other better. We're going to apply the appropriate amount of challenge. You know, if I'm with someone a lot lighter and weaker than me, I'm not going to put the same level of intensity onto someone who's much bigger than me. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just different. No, I think it's important to say that because there are people that you will never have values with in any circle yeah. because they're just not, they're, they're destructive people. There's, yep. there's a, there's a guy at the gym. He's, he's barred from the gym because he, yeah. he's a stalker. He's been Creepy. imprisoned. He's oh. a, yeah, well, he's a, he's a very, very dangerous human being. And, yeah. but he was there for a long time playing racquetball with a bunch of different people. And little by little, people were just like, mm, nope, can't do relationship with you in any form. Like even interacting with you is not good. Yes. And so I think I think it's important to 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 be able to name that and say, that's okay for you to draw a boundary around that and just be like, no, <laughs> not yeah. safe, dangerous human being, unhealthy. That's the extreme, of course. Then there's 
uh, somebody who's not even close to that extreme in the gym, but who many of us have decided we cannot play with him because all he does is complain. All he does is blame. Right. And he is chippy and snappy with people around him. And a lot of us are just like, our values is to, here to have, have a good fun. time. Yeah. I'm not, improve skills. I'm not signed by any racquetball. <laughs> exactly. There's no trophies uh, here. No, I don't have no. any sponsorships. Right. Uh, we're here to have fun. We're here to play. We rib each other. There's yeah. a lot of that. There's a lot of humor. And even that is a shared value of like, yeah, yeah, it's okay sure. to do that. And if you're too sensitive for that, then you may not want to be part of that. Mm. But that's also what helps us all to feel pretty bonded to each other is there's a lot of humor. That's good. And so I've entered into that. I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. I can, I can deal with that. You know, and sometimes it's like, ouch, that one hurt. That's it. But yeah, okay, suck it up, you know. And and we we enjoy each other because we know that, you know, at the end of the day, we're not, there's nobody here that's nasty and wants to hurt each other. Yeah. Um. So there's a sort of shared value there as mm-hmm. well. So as you named it in jiu-jitsu, it's a similar thing. So I think, I think it's recognizing those different types of values and ensuring you don't lose yours for the sake of the group and you don't try to demand that the group adopt yours in order for there to be connection. So choose well. Choose well. Choose wisely. So thank you so much for listening. We would love to have you at the webinar to continue this conversation about connection. And I would love to have you in the group coaching as we look at improving connection in our lives through the heart center, the head center, and the body center. And we know these are in the evening, so the time zone is a little difficult for those of you who are in Europe or in other countries. But we are having a new certification course starting in May that is Monday afternoons for those who are in Europe or in other time zones where the normal time has not worked for you. So you can check that out at theartofgrowth.org. And I have one more big ask for as many people who can do it that was in the newsletter today because we want to spread some good vibes this week, be encouraging and be grateful for the friends who are in our circle, who are part of our story. So we'd like for you to tell a story about a friend who has meant something significant in your life. Tag them and tag our Instagram as well so we can share your story because we think this will be hugely encouraging to so many people to hear these stories. But for now, my friends, may you celebrate those who have helped form you into the person you are. May you honor the co-creators of your life and your story. May you take a moment to honor those who have come alongside you and feel a sense of honor for those you've gotten to journey with and contribute to their lives as well. Grace and growth, my friends.